Darren's still giggling. I'm, gi- I'm giggling because, well, first off, I'm Darren Carp, and I'm here with John Thrasher. Hi. Thank you for joining us on Shaken and Disturbed. But I'm giggling because, you know, where our NMRs start <laughs> is very rare for where they end I up. Know. Even though we have an it's agenda. It's so true. I was thinking that and, too. And this really, you know, and sometimes before the show, full disclosure on our NMRs, um, mm-hmm. I'll say to John, like, oh, my God, I had something to tell you or like, and I yeah. can't remember. And I was like, just keep going. I'll remember, like, as we're in conversation. And I would say 80 percent of the time, mm-hmm. I honestly remember, like, what I wanted to say, because you'll say something and it sparks something in my mind. But yeah. even today, like, none of the things I wanted to say to you, I same, actually had same. planned in my head. I just, just Wait, it was just a mess. for it. Yeah, it, it was, was good. Just... We, we started with TikTok and then we went into 45 minutes of love language into yeah, uh, an, an in-depth and character of... analysis <laughs> of Pee Wee Herman and how it's affected our childhood. So check it out. It's on the public feed right now. You can go hear Darren laugh. It was uh, uh, it was an in-depth convo. That's for sure true. But um, by the how way, are we, you doing? Yeah. I'm going to clip out that 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 moment about Pee Wee and we'll see what I comes think... out of it. I think that's a, I think that's a must. And I think, you know, the quote that I want you to clip out. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. That's fine. I think, you know, um, yeah, maybe it's anyway, the title of the episode. Anyway, maybe. welcome to Shaken and Disturbed. Yes. Uh, let's get into this week's let's case. Do this. I am yeah. ready and raring to go as we kind right. of are nearing the end of summer. I know. It's so weird. Summer is like. Kids are like back at school. I like, know. This week, my I nephew. Forget. Yeah. I know. Well, like I was just thinking yesterday, I was like. Was summer only two months? Like, really, it's only two months. You get out mid-June, you're back in mid-August, really. For, like, for, you mean, for, like, uh, grade school? Yeah, for grade school, sorry. Yeah, but I think as a kid, that feels, like, so long, and when you're an adult, it isn't. Yeah, no, it truly is. Everything when you're an adult takes a long time. You know, like if you were, if it's like, oh, I got to order this piece of furniture, and it's like, okay, it's going to take two months for this part to come in. You'd be like, all right, I could do it. As a kid, two months is like. Two months. What? That's why relationships, people always be like, yeah, I was in a really long relationship for like two months when they're in like eighth grade. Who said that? Oh, I was going to say eighth grade. (laughs) I was like, I hope you didn't say that. (laughs) Who said that? Yeah, who said that? Who said that? Remember that from Who said that? Of course. Nah, who said that? Yeah, Candy and Portia. Are you watching Atlanta this year, by the way? I'm not. I really want to get back into it because I've been kind of haphazard about Atlanta the last several seasons, but I do love that season, that show. Well, season's coming to an end. But anyway, neither here nor there. Let's get into some crime. Yeah, let's get into this week's crime episode. Here we go. So this one actually happened um, relatively recently in terms of, you know, time. Uh, In 2010, 23-year-old Julie Kibuishi? Kibuishi, right? Kibuishi. Kibuishi. Yeah, I think that's was right. one of the most popular dance instructors at the Orange County School of Arts in Southern California. I will ask Nadine about I was going to say, can you Orange walk County over and School do the show? Arts. Yeah. Yeah, I will. From I there. Will ask. Let me see. 23, 2010. How old were I? I was 22 and 2010. Oh, so she's our age. Interesting. She's our age. Well, she was born on Valentine's Day, Julie was. Uh, On February 14th, Julie was the third sibling and first daughter of her parents' four children. Her mom called her my Valentine girl. And my grandmother's birthday was on Valentine's Day. And I always just thought that was on my father's side. And I always just thought that was so sweet. I don't know. know. Something about being born on like a, you know, and I get it. It's an artificial holiday. Like, Yeah. yeah, but it's like there's something nice about it being red and it's romantic and it's just sweet. I want to say that uh, shout out to my one of my best friends, Philip. He was also born on 
uh, Valentine's Day. Philip, the You've one met who, Philip. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. On the, our Zooms. Yeah, of course. Shout out yes. to Philip. Yes. yes. Well, she loved dancing and was known to be both an incredibly talented performer and a kind teacher to her students. Oh, wait, sorry. Not, neither of those two things I could be. Yeah, what? Yeah, that's true. Sorry, I realize you meant a different Philip, who is a fan oh. of our show, who is a wonderful human. But I meant Philip. Huh? I was going to say, but not your friend. Is not, that what you're no, trying to say? No, he is my say? friend. He's yeah, not one of my best saying. friends, though. But Philip was at my 30th birthday party. You Got probably it. would remember him if you saw him. Yeah. Got it. That's how yeah. I feel all right, about just clarifying. the listeners. That's all. Yeah, me too. I agree. The listeners well, are our it, children. That's the difference. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I believe in the future. Our future. Well, well, future. Yeah, children. All right. <laughs> anyway, in addition to working as a dance What a coach, fun intro to the show. Here we go. <laughs> four bullet points in. Uh, in addition to working as a dance coach, Julie was in the middle of completing a degree in fashion design. In the spring semester, she enrolled in an anthropology course and sought the help of a tutor, 26-year-old Sam Herr. Um, did you ever take anthropology in college? I want to say yes. Is that like social sociology? There's anthropology sociology. And, socio and, social and sociology. <laughs> They're both usually in like similar... Like yeah. sociology 101 and anthro 101 are two popular courses okay. that are kind of in the same. Oh, anthro is like, like development of human mind. Right. Like science. Like being an, yeah. Like, um, yeah. I, I think like more of, I, I wouldn't even know how to kind of the answer is it, no. it is My, The answer to that question is no. I was in a, like an anthro 101 class at Lafayette, but my okay. girlfriend at the time uh, wanted me to go into her religion class, and so oh I dropped it and went into her class. Oh dear! Oh dear. Anyway. oh dear! More on that. Uh, more on that another time. Oh dear! Well, this so is the one the I'm tutor. thinking of, right? The one I'm thinking. Regina. Of. I don't remember girlfriend. the name. Okay. All right. Yeah, oh, girlfriend. okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. 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 Keep going. Um. <laughs> so. She meets this tutor, 26-year-old yes. Sam Herr. And once they began working together, Sam and Julie quickly developed a close mentor-mentee relationship. I'm sure we all know where this is going. It sounds a little easy. bit like a porn, to be honest. Uh-oh, I'm bad at Very math. Very easy What's to find two a TA. Plus two. Yep. That's right. Like, can't I can't figure out my calculator, Dr. Thrasher. Yeah. Oh. 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 And you're a doctor now. Well, well doctor. we know where Darren's mind is going. Keep going. Interesting. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, towards the end of May, Sam made plans to visit his parents, Stephen and Raquel, for the weekend. And Stephen and Raquel were fairly close with their son and had even gently asked about his relationship with Julie, wondering if there was any potential for romance. However, Sam was adamant that it simply wasn't like that, telling his parents, quote, she's like my kid's sister. Oh, that's like yeah. being friend-zoned by uh, a dude, which feels very weird to me because well, I feel like dudes friend-zone less than that's women true. friend zone dudes in straight relationships you mean yes uh, for yeah sure. that's what i mean that's what i mean yeah i mean she's like my kid sister he says you know a lot of people would ask about you and me and i'd be like don't make me puke she's like, like my yeah, kid sister right. okay. i'm like he's my grandfather <laughs> yeah grandmother but that's fine <laughs> nonetheless uh yeah so so basically friend zone go ahead what were you going to say i didn't want to interrupt you there <laughs> i was going to say if it, you're a mother to me in that generation but when you go two generations up you become oh, a then grandfather. grandfather that makes sense yes exactly I like, like you're a logic. great grandmother but right. you're only a grandfather and a mother i love that i love that right because you're my brother you know like yeah that's, that's true yeah it skips a generation it skips a generation. anyway we make the rules up here guys by the way if you're confused so yeah, no, I think at this point, like a 900,000 <laughs> episodes in, they're not confused. They're not confused. They should be able I to think follow They get along. it. Yeah, yeah. They get it. Yeah. 
So anyway, on Friday, May 21st, Julie went to visit her brother Taka. He was planning a wedding and she was a bridesmaid and there were uh there was a lot of planning to discuss essentially. During this visit, Taka gave Julie a tiara to wear during the wedding, uh, which was interesting. Imagine me in a tiara. <laughs> um, I think it would look good in a tiara actually. But like I mean, for my wedding. Weird. Yeah, like not in for a your white wedding. dress. Yeah, yeah. okay. Okay. But, you know, excited, she put it on immediately. And around 11 p.m., she received a text message from Sam and let her brother know that she planned to stop by her friend's apartment on the way home. So Taka reminded his little sister to be careful, asking her to text him when she arrived at Sam's place. Well, about an hour later, <clears throat> excuse me, Taka received a message from Julie saying, quote, I'm here, don't worry. By the way, already, if you know, you know, already feeling a little sus about this. Although, um, you know, I'm here. The I'm here, don't worry is weird. I would just be like, I'm here, like all is good. The don't yeah. worry, I don't know. I know, I that's know. weird. That is weird. By the know. way, I should take a minute to 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 promote something. On, on the new iOS 17, which I think is coming out in September, there's a feature where, you know, whenever you're like, just like this, like you're with a group of friends and you're like, oh, text me whenever you get home. I want to make sure you got home safe. There's now a feature on the phone where you can... A, it, whenever you arrive home, the other person will receive a notification so that you don't have to constantly text or check in or if someone gets how home and falls asleep. But how will they know like you have to, to like allow you. it? You have to allow it. So like okay, it'll turn on, it'll pop into your iMessage, and then when they're they arrive home or wherever their destination is, it'll just automatically send the message that's like, hey, you know, this person made it home. Is that what you're asking? Okay, but well, I'm kind of asking like, and this is neither here nor there, just an yeah. interesting question, but like, yeah. is it a setting on my phone? Like, how will they know to text you? If I'm hanging out with you one night and Nadine yeah. the next night, will it know to text you and know to text Nadine? Oh, like, yeah. How would that work? Is you I'm set saying. it up like, between each other on a t on your text messages. It's I through see. Find My you. Friends, but only you two would know. Yeah. Got it. Because I will yeah. say, I, I always want to know when my friends get home. Me my too. friends always ask me, but I do forget like 50% of the time. Me too, yeah. And so it is, that's a go. good feature. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a good feature and it's relevant to all of us who are trying to stay safe and not get yeah, abducted, you know, things like that. Yeah. Well, anyway, Steve recalls, quote, throughout the day I was calling his phone, but it was off and Sam never turned his phone off. Sorry. One second. Yeah. You missed. Did I miss something? 14. You're right. Yeah. Just because we ended Thank on... you. All good. Darren, we're, we, I'm over here trying to let everyone know about new iOS safety features, Darren. Can you, can you <laughs> give, give me a little bit of a break? Okay. Okay, so before this <laughs> happens, guys, on Saturday, yeah. May 22nd, Raquel and Steve expected Sam to come home to spend some time together, but never heard from him. So then okay. Steve recalls, that's right, that throughout the day, I was calling his phone, but it was off, and Sam never turned his phone off. So very weird circumstances here. Again, that iOS feature, you know, you would know early on, like if they never made it home, you're probably going to know that or you're going to have that and information. To me, having someone's phone off, like of anyone that I would genuinely care about if they got home or anyone who's in my close life, like my closest 15 people, yeah, having their phone off would be an immediate red flag. Like me I don't too. really know a lot of people who don't think Never. about at least the power of their phone. Yeah, of course. You know, so yeah. it'd be very rare. Maybe my brother because he's dumb. But I can't yeah. <laughs> I can't even remember the last time my phone was turned off, like completely off, you know? Like who even does that? Yeah, unless it was like a fluke. So that right. immediately to me, even in 2010, yeah, that's weird. Just that's feels weird. wrong to me. 
Yeah. So growing increasingly worried, Steve decided to drive over to Sam's apartment. When he entered, he was shocked at the gruesome scene that met him. Inside the apartment, Steve found Julie's body facing down on Sam's bed with a gunshot wound to her head. Jesus. Although only one gunshot was visible at the crime scene, an autopsy later revealed she had actually been shot twice. Some of Julie's clothing had been torn off, and her killer had added several bizarre touches to the scene. The tiara was placed atop Julie's mangled head, and on the back of her sweater were written the words, quote, all yours, fuck you, end quote. Whoa. Steve was in shock and immediately telephoned the police, who, of course, were immediately suspicious of Sam, because, by the way, you know, we we don't really know what's up with Sam at this point. I mean, right now, obviously, we know she went to go see him, but, like, the tiara being placed atop her head, she doesn't have a boyfriend. We don't know enough about Sam, but presumably, if they have something going on, all yours fuck you yeah there's something that's very sussy to me yeah, i can't really sure. figure this out yet i would also to... have a good sense of something and i mean to put it on her clothing too is a little bit weird right the back the, the written writing on the back of her sweater like who would like what's the point of that you know i wonder if this was sam's I don't know. You like don't know. maybe Sam had a lover or something like maybe. that. Oh, maybe, maybe. And but so to write like, something on a sweater is just so odd, you know, like. Right. But maybe it's a message to Sam being like, yeah, yeah, yours, probably. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah, I don't know. Totally. Let's keep going. Yeah. Well, Sam was an army veteran who had been displaying signs of PTSD since returning home from Afghanistan. Steve called the police knowing full well that his son would likely be an initial suspect, later stating, quote, there's a dead woman in my son's apartment and he's missing. He's gone. I'm not stupid. I know the suspicions are going to be on him, end quote, which, yes, of course, kind of, of course. Does. Yeah. Especially with possession being nine tenths of the law if someone's going to show up dead in your apartment. Right. And you're not there to call it in at Allah coming home to the scene. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't look good. And police were able to obtain the details of the most recent text messages sent from Sam's phone, showing that at 2.45 p.m. the previous day, Friday, May 21st, he had spoken to Julie, letting her know he planned to help out a neighbor named Dan Wozniak before leaving for his parents' house. Now, two hours later, he texted Julie again, this time with a couple of more sinister-seeming messages that read, quote, can you come over tonight at midnight alone? Very upset. Need to talk. Okay. The next message read, quote, I'm hurting with some family crap. I can't be alone. No sex. Please, I'm begging as a brother. Interesting. The no sex and please, I'm begging as a brother doesn't need to go into the same sentence, does it? I guess. I I mean, it's hard to say exactly what their relationship was, I guess. Hard to say, but it's hard to say if these text messages are even coming from him. Yeah, that's true. Like, who actually, yeah, you're right. Who knows exactly what's going on? But then again, maybe the PTSD. That's right. Yeah. We don't know the Stan Wozniak guy. Seeing these messages dramatically increased law enforcement suspicion, excuse me, that Sam was the killer. But Steve wasn't so sure. Remember, Steve's his father. He did did some digging himself, looking into recent activity occurring in the bank account he shared with his son. And Steve discovered that since Sam vanished, several ATM withdrawals had been made from the account about 20 miles away. In Long Beach. That's mm-hmm. not that far. Yeah, no. Like, I mean, you're keeping in the state. You know, it's like you flee to Mexico, I feel like, if you do something. Right. You flee the country. You are on the border of something, you know. True. Um, now, when the bank sent the ATM camera footage to police, they were stunned to discover that it wasn't Sam making the withdrawals at all. In fact, 
Nobody who saw the tape, including Stephen Raquel, could actually identify the man. Mm. In addition to the ATM withdrawals, the the thief had made one additional purchase. He had ordered pizza. Uh, he had <laughs> ordered pizza ass. delivery from a local parlor in Long Beach. Um, it's well, one thing a good, if you as a New Yorker, it depends <laughs> on the pizza. Well, yeah, but it's one thing if you go and pick it up, which most New Yorkers do. Uh, you're, you're ordering delivery. I mean, that's like crime 101. You don't do that. Yeah, it is kind of odd, especially if you're taking an M withdrawal. Play, pay the beats in cash. Yeah, right. Exactly. I don't know. Well, I guess maybe they could just tap. I don't know. But police monitored <laughs> the card activity until May 26th when a second charge was made to the same pizza place. Detectives were then able to track the delivery to the suspect's location, the home of a 16-year-old boy named Wesley Freilich, who had ordered a pie to share with his friends. Now, this is getting weird. Okay. Police rushed to the home, handcuffed the group of teens, and raided the house. However, they soon realized that there was nobody home but Wesley, his mom, and his friends, and clearly none of them were involved in Julie's murder. I mean, that that seems like kind of the most harmless, like... (laughs) I mean, if you could think of anything more Americana than a group of teens ordering pizza, like, come on now. But... It's not like nothing led the police there. Well, they that's did right. discover yes. Sam's bank card in Wesley's possession and obviously demanded to know where he'd gotten it. There you go. So Wesley told investigators that a man named Dan from his mother's community theater group had given Uh-oh. him the card. Dan, Dan Wozniak. To- that's right. Dan told Wesley that he was a bail bondsman. Sam owed him money and he needed the teen's help to withdraw $1,900 in cash that rightfully belonged to him. So he's setting this teen up. Wesley added that Dan, quote, had an actual folder of paper- paperwork saying this was all legal. That's when he pulled out the ATM card and gave me instructions to withdraw the full amount and to make sure I wore a hat and glasses, end quote. Red flag. Yeah. Police identified Dan Wozniak as a community theater member who gave Wesley the bank card. Now, the same evening as the raid on Wesley's house, detectives called Dan in for questioning, but it seemed like he was unavailable. Oh, I'm sure. Well, expect he that. Was- I'm busy, guys. Yeah, I'm busy. Dan was about to be married to another community theater member, Rachel, and on the evening of May 26th, he was at his own bachelor party. Learning this, police decided to crash the party, later stating that, quote, immediately when he saw, you could see the blood drain from his face. Right, unless it was like sexy cops, and then he thought (laughs) that it was like striptease at his bachelor party. Alas, I imagine it wasn't sexy cops. I'm going out on a limb and saying it might not have been sexy cops. Yeah. Well, law enforcement were then able to persuade Dan into coming to the station for questioning, where he confessed to using Wesley for his ATM card scam. Dan first informed police that he had stolen the card, hoping to withdraw a substantial amount of cash before Sam reported it stolen and the bank reimbursed his money. Okay. When pressed, however, Dan's story began to change. He then told police that Sam had come to his apartment on the morning of May 22nd, saying he had done something bad, then confessed to murdering Julie. Okay, this is what Dan's story is is about this. So Dan then told police, by the way, are you feeling Dan, your wife is here yet? I'm kind of yes, feeling that. Yes, totally. I've been feeling. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we'll have to wait till we get totally. to listener shout outs about that. But anyway, Dan then told yeah. police that he had been inside Sam's apartment on the 22nd, had seen Julie's body and saw two gunshots in her head. This, okay, of course, well, yeah. it's interesting that he would say that because I was going to say, okay, two gunshots, whereas only one was kind of visible if he saw it. 
Remember that right. they said that only one gunshot was visible, but then upon further investigation, they found she was actually shot That's twice. Right. Yep. So however she was laying was how the police found her. Right. And for him to say he saw two gunshots doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make put sense. The bullets in the head and knew it was two. Look at so Miss Investigator da- P. Private Eye Darren Carpet may have figured out this case. You guys. I well, I I mean I know you're getting to it. I'm just like coming no, to that's it. it. You know, I like to. Yeah, you talk. made the point. Of course, that what you just said piqued the interest of the interrogators because, like you said, it wasn't until the autopsy that it was determined that she had been shot twice, as Darren said. So detectives requested Dan provide a DNA sample to rule him out as a suspect. I'm assuming they were able to collect some sort of DNA from the body or the crime scene. It Um, must be, and it can't just be from the apartment, because obviously, given the fact that they were kind of neighbors, in theory, it could have been possible that he would have been there anyway. But that evening, Dan phoned his fiancée, Rachel, from the station, but the couple didn't realize the call was being monitored by the police. Oh, I love this. Can the police just do that? Does well, it matter what state it is? Do they have, they, they have a warrant to they do have it? To, I think after after they have probable cause, they can get the warrant from a judge and then monitor, yeah. Right. Okay. Well, I'm like not on, an expert, um, though. I have no idea for, for sure. Well, I mean, I did watch The Wire, and that's oh, what they had well, to do. Then, I just wasn't sure if that changed per state, if anyone... I, I have I, a feeling it's a state. We can look this state. up, but I'm it's just like... It's definitely a state by state. Right, it's not a federal... Yeah, it's not that. Yeah. Uh, so while on the phone, Rachel spoke openly. That's right, because some states it'll be like, you only need one party's consent to be exactly. recorded on a conversation. Sometimes yep. it's neither. Okay, so while on the phone, Rachel spoke openly about a bag full of incriminating evidence against Dan that he had given his brother Tim to hold. Oh, dear. It seems... Now Tim's kind of, involved. Okay, but it seems kind of careless for Rachel to just like, <laughs> as his fiance, to just be like, by the way, on the phone, yeah, there's incriminating evidence about you. Well, like, that seems careless. And why is she saying that? Well, maybe Rachel's freaked out. Maybe she knows what's going on. And she's just like, she, you know, any chance she gets, she's trying to get a hold of him, get rid of this stuff. Right, Who knows? or show her power that she knows something. I guess that's true too. Dan yeah, obviously seemed concerned. Rachel might tell police about the bag of evidence, and he begged her not to talk to them about it. Mm. On the following day, May twenty seventh, Dan spoke to detectives again, and this time he shocked police by admitting to not just one murder, but two. He probably so you're guessing just... it. So go ahead. No, sorry, not to interrupt. I didn't mean to interrupt there, but I was like. He's probably feeling the pressure, right? Because he clearly has something to hide here. And as we were about to get to, maybe even more than meets the eye. Well, he's confessing to Julian Sam's murder now. But I'm wow. wondering if he's, do- to your point, I wonder if he's doing this because whatever the incriminating evidence his mm-hmm. fucking brother has, is it possible it's worse than murdering two people? <laughs> right. I mean, I mean maybe. I do Maybe. Well, Dan went on to explain that Sam had recently mentioned having roughly $60,000 saved up in bank. Also seems weird. It's always about the money, guys. Have you noticed that on the show? But it's weird to talk about that with friends. Like, how would Dan know? It's it's very interesting. I've noticed that, like, I don't know how to put this without sounding a certain way, but I think certain types of people are just way more comfortable talking about stuff like that. I guess. You know? I guess so sometimes it's a status thing too. Like, oh, by the way, sure. I have this amount of money. And no judgment. I just like yeah. I don't. I don't think I've ever. I don't really know what my friends have saved in their bank account. Me either. I definitely don't. Like, I might know if they have that. Like, I might know if they have debt. 
but I won't yeah, know same, how much money same. they have. Do Listen, you, know you want to I mean? talk like, about my student different. loans, everybody? Let's have a conversation. Well, right. Or some of my friends would be like, best thing my parents ever did was not give me debt. Like, okay, so they don't have debt. Like, but I don't know <laughs> if they have, it's just weird. No, I, I get it. Know, I get it. You know, I don't either. Anyway. I, I don't want to hear anything about anyone's money, especially after doing these shows, because I've learned that it's always about the money and I don't want anything to do with it, guys. So I guess to your point, this could be an entirely normal conversation. I'm viewing it as like, that's sus that he, it feels like a made up story. That he would know that he had I see what you're us. saying. Okay. You know okay. what I mean? But yep. I guess it's possible. So yep. Dan, on the other hand, had no job, no savings, was about to be evicted from his apartment, mm. was also about to be married. Let's not forget. And he figured killing Sam and stealing his savings would be a simple solution to all of his problems. Of course. Oh, sure. Would e- it would even leave him enough to take his new bride on honeymoon. Well, I was of course, say- that's the first response <laughs> is murder. I was just going to say, this reminds me of all the conversations we had about people that are just trying to get out of their marriages. And so they think the only way to do it is to hire a hitman. I'm like, no, you can simply get divorced. It's okay. Like there are protections. Right, just, well, right. Exactly. But this is like, I'm just going to murder a neighbor <laughs> to get his money. Right. It's like, you know, you could, you could find a job. You could chill. Yeah. Yeah. You could find a job. Dan asked Sam to come <laughs> to it to the attic, a nearby community theater to help him move some boxes. And while moving them around, Dan asked Sam to bend down to help lift a particularly heavy box. While he bent down, Dan confessed to grabbing the gun and shooting Sam. Oh, he informed his interrogators. Well, I mean, yeah. The surprise he, he, murder. Oh, I hate that. Especially in the back. Yeah. Especially as he's helping you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess they're all a surprise technically, but you know vet, what I'm saying? Yeah. You know? Right. So he informed his interrogators that Sam was still alive after being shot once, begging his friend for help. Mm. He said, I need help. Something hit me. It felt like an electric uh, shock. At which point Dan reloaded his gun, fired again, killing Sam. Oh, I hate but that so much. He didn't even realize. Worse. Here's what's worse, though. Sam, Dan then, excuse me, dismembered his friend's body, mm. some friend, dumped his remains in El Dorado Park in Long Beach, which would make sense about the 20 miles away right. ATM thing. After abandoning Sam's body, Dan then performed in a musical called Nine with Rachel. Oh, it's like it's like when um Scott Peterson got Burger King, but it's like a performance. Cool. I mean, uh, there seems to be a little bit more evidence on this guy than even. No, Scott I know. Peterson, I shouldn't I'll say that. About, Scott Peterson but, is a convicted man. I should say, but there is there there could be something else going on there. Yes. Yeah, you could also just like I hate to say it, can't you just steal his debit card or something? Like just yeah. Steal what his is card. what is the point of this? You I know, mean, I guess you'll get caught for fraud at some point, but like. Yeah. Take out 10K and do what you can do or something. Like, you got to kill the man. Jesus. Yeah. Well, and only a few hours later, Dan used Sam's phone to text Julie, luring her to Sam's apartment. He told uh, interrogators, quote, Julie was wearing like a crown tiara. She had just come from her brother's. I said, Sam just called me and he was going through some stuff. She said, yeah, me too. I said, well, I have a key. Let's go in. Then I said, oh, by the way, did you see this in Sam's bed? Lean over right there. When she leaned over, I put two bullets in the back of her head, end quote. What a guy. Dan. I'm also curious. I mean, they must have been close enough friends for yeah. this guy, Dan, to know that Julie existed. Yeah, totally. 100%. I mean, you know, especially so they if, were f- probably friendly to some extent. And to be able to lure her, you know, and, and right. want to do, do this little activity. It's like, yeah, they must have right. trusted each other. Well, Dan hoped to cover his tracks by making it appear as though Sam had murdered Julie and then fled, which, of course, is what it kind of looked like in the very beginning. Over the course of two days, detectives were able to locate Sam's remains in the park, finding his head on what would have been his 27th birthday. Jesus. 
They also located the backpack Rachel had spoken about on the phone. Inside, they found Sam's blood-soaked clothing, phone, wallet, the gun Dan had used to kill his victims, and the axe and saw that he used to dismember Sam. When they investigated Dan's computer, detectives found Google searches such as, quote, how to hide a body and, quote, quick ways to kill people. Okay, well, one, Hello. he's not a smart criminal, but two, at um, least we know that the evidence in the bag wasn't worse than murdering two yeah, people. Yeah, that's true. In fact, it was all the evidence to prove that he murdered two people. So I yeah. guess him confessing at the end of the day yeah. was the right thing to do. But like, Jesus. This guy sucks. Yeah, Dan was indicted and tried for two counts of first-degree murder. And then on December 16th, 2015, he was found guilty on both charges by a jury that later recommended the death penalty. Sam's wow. dad, Steve, told the media, quote, my only regret is that this state won't let me kill this coward myself. And of course, you have to understand the the emotional it. reaction there from Sam's dad, Steve. Any parent, yeah. any family member, any loved one's going to say that for sure. In 2018, Dan's former fiance, Rachel, was also found guilty of being an accessory after the fact and was sentenced to 32 months in prison. You know, that's, can can I just, sorry to yeah. interrupt you just no, real no, quick, no. but it, it's, it is kind of an interesting thing there because let's just say they were, take the murder of it aside. They could have had like a really healthy relationship and have been a really good couple and they trust each other. They were getting engaged. If your partner obviously told you this beyond horrendous thing, yeah. you're not the worst person to necessarily pause before running right to the police to do the right thing you know like yeah. you might love this person you might want to protect this person it's like a mother and a kid well you know the other or thing a is... father uh, uh, any type of relationship with someone it's not like you I, I yes she's an accessory and i understand that in 32 months it feels right because she ended up not doing the right mm-hmm. thing by saying anything but I also don't necessarily blame her either. I understand what you're saying. It's all, it's all, it's also kind of like, what did she know? Maybe that's what it is. I mean, as far as we know, it's just bloody right. materials, and there were some phone calls. We know and maybe that that's she, what she knew, but and she that's all she knew. Known. Who knows exactly? Right. I mean, I'm sure we could research this even further and find out. But she's not a prominent person necessarily in this particular case today. But right, I mean. It just makes one of those things where it's like, I can understand that. Like the father being like, I want to kill this motherfucker. Like, I'm so sorry. Like he didn't, I couldn't be the one to kill him. Like, I understand that feeling. I also understand her feeling of like, if you do love someone, I'm not saying to do the, I'm saying to do the right thing, but I get the The logic, the logic, or at least where you're coming from when you love somebody. But also, yeah. And to just to add to that again is like, who knows how any of us would be in a situation like this? Who you know, knows? Darren, if you showed up right. and did this, like, would I immediately I run have. to the police? And, no and you have so far. And that'll be another podcast that we're working on to share with you. No guys one so. knows for sure. That's the top, yeah. top tier of Patreon. That's <laughs> that's yes. right. That's a special amount. <laughs> yeah. Well, in 2019, the governor of California placed a moratorium on the death penalty. Dan, yep. as well as 700 other inmates are now no longer waiting to be executed Dan is now 39 years old and is still currently in prison where I think he rightfully belongs, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, no doubt in my mind. So or he what, at least some type of mental yeah, rehabilitation right. of some sort. Yeah, that's we hope so. Well, what an absolutely disturbing case. Let us know what you thought about the case. Hit us up at jthrasher at Carpe Darren. Yes. On TikTok at John Thrasher. We're going to get Darren on there eventually, guys. And we're going to do a TikTok live in the future, the two of us. Is that right, Kesha Darren? song? TikTok, 
Um, speaking of TikTok, <laughs> let's go into listener shout outs. Uh, okay. I want to give a special TikTok live shout out to a handful of you guys that tuned in and supported me and kept me busy throughout, you know, the first couple ones that I've done. I think, you know, it's a little nerve wracking, but you guys made it really fun. Um, Kelly Butterfly, who is just Kelly with Great a butterfly name. emoji, which I love. Faith, Joyce, Jade, Angel, Sky, Brittany, Annette, oh, Ariana and Patrick, Mitz, Addison, Carla, Courtney, Tyra, Fluffs. And a special shout out to my buddy, Nate, who is a big true crime fan and came on and told Darren, told a catfish story that I won't, uh, I won't uh, say uh, it on the show, but the catfish Nate. story is wild. Okay. That's Did all it happen to him? Yes. <gasps> I tried to get him on. So I did the first one and that's when he came on and told it. And then on the second one I did, I kept inviting him to come on I and talk about know. it. I know. Well, listen, maybe I'll do another one and I'll make sure that you're available. Um, I don't want to say it because it's his story and maybe he can even come on the show. And, oh my and God. Well, Nate, mazel yeah. tov for even saying <laughs> For surviving. That. I want to know it. what it yeah. is. Wait till you hear Yeah. Those yeah, of you who God. are in the first, like Kelly, Faith, Joyce, I think even Jade, um, you guys heard it. So keep it to yourselves until we get yeah, Nate back yeah, on the show. Yeah, keep that moment or, alive. Or alive. But now, my interest is peaked. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Crystal in our Facebook group made a very interesting point in referencing our previous podcast mm-hmm. saying, uh, currently on episode four, 40, excuse me, blood, blood, but no body. And Darren mentions her friend, Dan B. And all I kept saying is, Dan, hey, hey Dan, <laughs> your wife is here. Your wife is here. See? Dan, your wife yep. is here. Opportunity missed, LOL. But we made up for it this week because I just That's did right. it. That's right. We just did a Dan show. Dan, <laughs> we, just, we just did a Dan show. Yeah. Not our friend Dan B. And ha- and shout out to Dan B. Hopefully he's listening. And shout out to Dan B. Yes. Yep. Dan. 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 Your wife. Dan. 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 Your, Dan, your fucking wife, wife is here. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. Throwback to martinis yeah. and murder, by the way, if you don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> But anyway, uh, by the way, you can watch us ad-free and with amazing backgrounds on Patreon. This episode We've got is amazing available. backgrounds. Yes, we do. That's right. Thanks to me. Thank you very much. I made them for us. Um, That's right. Yeah, you can uh, follow us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month or sign up as a Sussy Radish to watch our video podcasts. Links are in the show description or you can just go to patreon.com slash shaken and disturbed. Real quick, John, are you going to yeah. add something, a little flair to your background like I have? I know. I keep kind I have of forgetting. a little bit more than you do. You have Crocs. So. You have weed. You have headphones. You have a right. cat I've butt tissue f- holder. You've got everything. <laughs> the fact I do the need to add something. But tissue holder made it into my background. is just Is that the same color, by the way, as the one you have? Yeah, it's the, I thought like so. the exact. It's like creamsicle. It's like the exact same color. <laughs> it's like a little bit more orange at home, but the size okay. is ginormous. Yeah, it you is know? Big. And I like that, like. There's too much stuff on that on this yeah, counter, right? There is. <laughs> and your it's just Zoom. it's true to life. Anyway. Did thank you, you take guys. the cat butt tissue pull tissue holder to LA? That's the big you question. You bet I did. Okay. It's in All LA, right. my friend. All right. It's in LA. All right. Well, guys, uh, thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back next week with a new episode. Check your freshies. Check your brake pads without pants. And remember, apparently one of our friends told us you don't need a penis to do it. So this weird. is too long of a sign up. We gotta work on that for you. We gotta it's we're in, we're gonna workshop it. Yeah. All right. See you guys next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>